This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. You may not know it, but there is 33 days until Easter, guys. Seriously, we are literally just a month away from the Easter service, and we haven't even talked about how to get your church ready for the Easter season. We're going to change all that right here, right now. Over the last two weeks, we had some tremendous conversations, some tremendous interviews. The first one with Dr. Jen Bennett about how to be someone worth following online. And last week, we had a tremendous conversation with the one and only Chris Abbott. We call him Abbo over here on the Small Church Media Podcast about how to use Facebook ads to not just megaphone to people, but how to actually step into people's lives and actually let them know that you don't just care but that God cares about them as well. And how to use Facebook ads to humanize yourself and your church to help get more visitors to walk into your church door. I can guarantee it. If you follow those last two episodes, you might see a lot more people walk into your church this Easter season. So if seriously, if you even tried to use Facebook ads in the exact same way that Abbo talked about last week, where create, how can we pray for you ads and then use Facebook Messenger, end it with a question, then send them to a webpage. And that actually works for your church. Please, 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 please let us know because Abbo would love to hear your story and I would love to hear your story as well. Another really easy way for me to hear your story about how the Small Church Media Podcast has impacted your life is if you listen over on Apple Podcast land, you can leave me a rating and review over there. Or if you listen on Spotify, you can just leave a rating right over there as well. But either way, we would love it. And I, not we, it's just me. I, I would appreciate it if you leave that rating and that review, because that doesn't just, you know, give me a pat on the back or boost my ego, which it does. I'm working on it. But it also helps this podcast grow and reach more small church pastors just like you. Well, today we're going to be talking about what your church needs to have on the Easter page of your website. We talked about this conversation a little bit when it came to Easter services, mainly with regards to how to get your church's website ready to go for Easter or for Christmas. I'm sorry, but the Easter service and the Easter week is a very different week than the Christmas season. Now, for us that come out of the Christian tradition, we might recognize this week of leading up to Christmas, starting with Palm Sunday as the Holy Week. Now, I know a lot of us who listen to this podcast come from different traditions, come from different backgrounds. I know we have some here are more who are Bible church. We have some that are Baptist church. We got some that are Mennonite and Anabaptist. We have some that are even Lutherans. We even got some that are up in Presbyterian land. What's up, Presbys? But no matter what tradition you come out of with just uh, what faith background you come out of in Protestant in, in the Protestant circles, the church history has deemed this week leading up to Easter as Holy Week. So because there's a lot more things that go on inside of church calendars more than even Christmas, we need to think about the Easter landing page on your website as a little bit different than the Christmas one. So today, like I already said, we're going to talk about what needs to be on your Easter page. In fact, what are the eight things that need to be on your Easter page to make sure that when people land on it, because again, you're gonna be running Facebook ads to try to tell people about your Easter services. If you're starting to try to connect with people online, you wanna send them to a place where they can learn more about your uh, Easter services. So you have to have a place to send people for this. So here's the eight things, and we're gonna try to go through them quick today and get you out of here with enough time for lunch. Sound good? 
Don't know why I said that, but I definitely just said it. (laughs) So here's the eight things that you need to have on your Easter landing page to make sure it is effective and answers any questions that people might have. The first one is the picture of your Easter graphics so that people know that they landed in the right place. If you're running Facebook ads or just posting on Instagram or other places, you are going to be using one primary image to talk about your Easter services. And if you are using one image to advertise, but hey, Easter at Southside, Easter at Gospel Community, Easter at New Life, whatever Easter you decide to do, and you're using whatever graphic you want to use on your Facebook or Instagram page, but that graphic is actually different over on your website, people may be confused and they might think they're actually at the wrong place, which means they might not actually show up to your Easter services. So you got to make sure that all of your graphics and your images are all, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say just the same, but but basically they're all congruent. There you go. That they all kind of have the same similar vibe and flavor so that when one person sees at one place, they see at another place, they can connect the dots and know that that is your church. If you do not have an Easter graphic for your church, I want to let you know about the, the two free Easter graphics that we've been talking about for a little bit on the show, but that I created just for you guys who are podcast listeners. One is called Bright Easter, which is more of that tie-dye vibe with the blues and the pinks and the purples. And it's kind of more of just for lack of a better word, I would say cute. My wife loves it. There's another style though called Boho Easter, just because of the style of the the text and the icons that are around it. You can go to smallchurch.media right now, click on the link that says free Easter sermon graphics, and all you have to do is just select which one you want or both. Check out, it costs you $0 though, but it takes you through a checkout portal just because of how, how I have the website set up. And just like that, you can have Easter graphics for your service. So I wanna recommend and encourage you to go do that if you already have not. But if you already have Easter graphics in place, make sure that every single time you talk about Easter on Facebook or Instagram, that you are using, if not the full graphic, at least the title of what the word Easter is going to be on those graphics. So that way, when someone lands on your website, they know they're at the right place. The second thing that you need to do for your Easter page is you need to have your H1 heading, which if you don't know what H1 headings are, it's basically what is the most important headline, H1 Top, number one, not number two, number one. The H1 headline, which is the primary headline on your website, it should say Easter in, you ready? Or Easter week or Holy Week in city name at church name. And here's why. This can help people find your services this Easter, especially if they are looking for it on Google. If people just land on your website and you just have the word Easter slapped across your website, that's that's really, really, really cool. But the way Google and Bing and other search engines actually look at your website is they look to see, yes, what are the pictures, but what is the primary heading when people first land on the website? And if you say the words Easter in whatever name, or you could even say, you know, I I wouldn't do the state after it because most people are going to be looking for. <laughs> you know, um, Easter in South Bend, but South Bend, Alabama. People probably won't be looking for that. But if you say, like, for me, it would be Easter in South Bend at Southside Baptist Church or the church I'm going to now, Easter in Osceola or Mishawaka at New Life Church. If you do something similar to that, that will let people know that they are looking at for an Easter service in the correct city that is near them and also at the church that they are looking at. But more than just helping people know exactly where it's going to be at, it also lets Google know where it's at. So if people are looking for Easter services near me, 
The chances of you coming up higher in the search results be only because you said your city's name is literally going to help you and help other people find your webpage. So that's the second thing you need to do is make sure you put Easter in the name of your city at your church name in the header text. Number three, this is optional, but highly, highly effective is a video of you or whoever your lead pastor is telling visitors exactly what to expect for Easter at your church. This could literally be you holding up your phone. Now, I would say horizontal for a website, not vertical, and just literally saying, hi, my name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to invite you to the Easter services over here at Hope Community Church. We're going to have a great Holy Week. Here's the three services, and here's what you can expect out of them. You can scroll down this webpage and find all the information that you need for those services. We would love to see you there. And just like that, you have humanized your church because you, as the pastor, have instantly just talked to the visitor. It also lets people stay on your website longer, which honestly Google likes, which means you will get boosted in search results. But you didn't just tell people about it. You actually talked with them about what's going on with your Easter services. So if you're able to take a video of you just having a conversation with people, I mean, (laughs) goodness, you could have your kids or your wife even hold your phone. I would recommend doing this in whatever place of worship that you are at. So maybe in the sanctuary or in the foyer, or if it's nice enough with very, very little wind, just outside your facilities, but a really quick video from you as the pastor telling people that you want to see them there and what they can expect out of uh, out of your Easter and Holy Week services. Number four, you may not have these, but these are highly effective, and that's pictures from previous Easter weekends at your church. Some churches do Easter egg hunts. Some people do breakfast. Some people just have different elements of the service. If you have any photos from their from those services in years past, whether they're professional or not, get those things up on the website because people don't just want to be told what to expect. They want to see what they should expect as well. We talked about that uh, previous episode about, well, uh, <laughs> What was that like six episodes ago about the six different types of photos that you need to have for your church but 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 either way if you have photos at all from previous easter weekends at your church get those photos or if you don't have those that's totally okay you can use you know photos of people in your sanctuary or in your foyer or of your pastor preaching or of the worship team so that way when people land on this webpage because chances are if you are doing your facebook ads which i really think you should and target them for your specific area for all people and genders but just within you know 5 10 15 miles of your church this may be the first time someone lands on your church's webpage and you want them to not just be told what to expect but to see what to expect as well. So if you can get previous Easter weekend photos, if you don't have them, just ask your church people. I'm sure they got pictures of their kids looking real cute inside your church worship center. I don't know. But find pictures from previous weekends or if you don't have those, just photos from your church worship services will also work. The fifth one, and this might seem obvious, but a lot of times we forget to do this, is what service times you have for Holy Week, and I'm even going to push it, but extend into the next weekend as well. So if you have a Palm Sunday service, which I think you really should advertise that because that's part of, of the Holy Week, tell people what time the services are for Palm Sunday, and are you doing anything special for that? Do you have a Monday, Thursday service? Do you have a Good Friday service? 
Do you have an Easter Sunday service or do you have multiple Easter Sunday worship experience? Or like what some people do, they have a different worship service for online people for Easter than what they have in person. And then the fifth service time you should actually post is just what is your typical weekend service times? Because let's just be honest, people expect that this is the Christian, uh, let's just say the, 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 the greatest week for Christians. And a lot of people know that. When they see service times for all these random services that your church has going on, they might not know what to expect coming back the week after. So you want to make sure you put what your normal service times are, but you want to be excruciatingly clear about what each service time is for each one of these services. And then going from that, the next one would be number six, which is the sixth thing you can have on your Easter page is answer the following questions, which basically is you need to have an FAQ section. You can do some of these, you can uh, not just some of these questions, but let's be honest, each one of the Holy Week services has a different element. Like Palm Sunday, you normally have the palm, palm leaves. Uh, Monday, Thursday, you normally do foot washing. If your church does that, Good Friday, some churches do foot washing. Most churches do communion. Easter Sunday, you might have an Easter egg service after the second service, but not the first one. Um, you know, this, that, and the other. You want to make sure you tell people not just what time each service is, but you also want to tell people what to expect from each service. So you can do this in two different ways. The first way is you can just list your service times as a list and then in the FAQ section, say, what are the special elements of each service and just have a block. And I, I, like, I like accordions the best. That's my favorite. And just have a little section where, okay, on Palm Sunday, expect this. Good Friday, expect this. Easter, expect this. And then the you know following week after church, expect this. But either way, you need to at least tell people what's going on at those services. Another question that people have is what is childcare going to be like at each service. A friend of mine, her church is down in a, kind of in the Houston, Texas area, and their church has three Easter services. However, they only have childcare at the second two. And they are very explicit. And they say, we do not have childcare on the first one, but we do have childcare on the second or the third one. Because the last thing you want is for a family to, as visitors, to come with, you know, their butt ton of kids to one of your services. And you don't have childcare for those people. And they were expecting it. So what is childcare like at each service? Now, going past just what to expect from each service, but is there anything unusual happening at the church or in the facilities that visitors should expect to happen while they are there. For example, are you going to have a photo booth in the lobby, which I think is the greatest thing of all time because you can get every, let's be honest, moms want family photos. So if you can even just hire a professional or have someone stand there with an iPhone or just create a backdrop, moms love having family photos and dads do too. Let's just be honest. I, I personally love them as well, but my <laughs> my wife cares a little bit more. But, but either way, a photo booth is a tremendous thing to offer to people because their family's already dressed up and then not even that, but now you have pictures to post on social media of families from the, the weekend worship service. But are you going to have a photo booth? Are you going to have different types of testimonies of people walking on stage? Like, or, or is it going to be a different layout of service where you're going to hear actual testimonies of life change that of people have, who have gone through your church and have decided to follow Jesus? Are you going to be taking communion at different services? And not just communion, but here's the fun one is what elements, uh, not just what elements, because we have, you know, the juice and the cup. Are the juice in the cup? They're the same thing, the, the, the cracker and the cup. But do you use actual wine 
or do you use grape juice? You might know, oh, everyone knows that high churches do this, or everyone knows liturgical churches do this. Everybody knows Baptist churches only drink grape juice. But here's the deal. That's not true anymore. And more than just that, visitors have no clue what to expect. So if you're walking and all of a sudden you're passing out these cups, they don't know if they're supposed to take them or not. And all of a sudden they go, oh, y'all gave my little three-year-old wine? That's, that's just that's just not good. So if you're going to do communion, you can even say what actual elements they're going to be expecting inside of communion. Are you going to be having a baptism service? A church that I used to be on staff at had one baptism service per year because we had to actually rent the baptismal tank to do it. And it was always on Easter Sunday. And it took up the most uh, the majority of the worship service. So are you going to be having specific baptism times for during your services? Are you going to have a special children's service? Like, do you actually have a service where there's going to be a kid's choir or a service where, you know what, kids are doing this different element during the service where you're going to call them up to the front for a children's reading time. Visitors are not going to trust you to take their kids off their hands. And if they you're going to, make sure you tell them. Are you going to be doing foot washing at the service? And if you are, please tell visitors. <laughs> They don't want nobody touching their feet. And are you going to be taking a special offering during the service? That is not not necessarily normal. People want to know and be prepared for the unexpected. So tell them what to expect from each service. So first, what is childcare going to be like? N- number two, is there going to be anything unusual that visitors should expect to happen while they're there? I would even say, you know, what to expect during each service in that category as well. The third FAQ question is, do they need to show up early? In other words, will your church be packed full? And if they show up at a certain time, you cannot promise them seats and you might have to put them into an overflow loom. People won't expect that. And number four, where they should park and where they should enter the building. If you have a map of, or even just take a screenshot of Google Maps and literally just say, park here, walk in here, that will take away so much fear that people have walking into the building. So you got to make sure you have an FAQ section just so people are prepared when they walk into the building. Number seven, the seventh thing you need on your Easter, seventh thing, the seventh thing you need on your Easter landing page for your website is, this is kind of different. You might not be expecting this, but what sermon series is coming out of the Easter? weekend. You know, most people, when they come to an Easter service, they're expecting to hear about Jesus or the resurrection. And that's kind of what Easter is, let's just be honest, all about. So that's what most churches do. And most churches should be talking about the the Jesus' sacrifice and the resurrection and what that means for us to be able to become part of God's family once again. However, if people are already in your building, you need to tell them what is coming next to create a little FOMO, a fear of missing out of what you're going to be talking about. You know, we talked about this very, very hard back in the Christmas series that we did, where if you can tell people exactly what topic and what series you're going to do coming out of the Christmas, you know, Christmas season, the chances of people walking back in your church doors may actually increase. So I would recommend doing a, uh, some sort of a topical series that will get people really just curious about what you have to say and what the Bible has to say about those topics. You could literally just do um, taboo topics and just talk about taboo topics. You can do a relationship series. My favorite one now, this was the student ministry, but I intentionally had a series and put it in a certain time called How to Ruin Your Life in Four Easy Steps, (laughs) where each week we talk about how to ruin your life and what the Bible has to say about that and the better way of living. But either way, I think it's a really cool idea to know what you're going to talk about coming out of Easter 
Easter service or Easter series, but also have a graphic on the website to tell people what the next sermon series is coming out of Easter. Because if people walk into your services for the Easter weekend, they might not walk back. They might be doing just their creaser thing where they walk in for Easter and they check it off. But if you can encapsulate their mind a little bit to go, what on earth are we going to talk about next? And you can speak into that. The chances of them actually walking back into service may grow exponentially. The eighth and the last thing that you should have on your Easter page, which I'm going to be honest with you, most people will not use this, but it's a good idea to use this. And that is to have a contact form on the bottom of your webpage. And you can set it up in one of two ways. You can set it up where you actually say, register for the Easter weekend services so that we we can prepare for your visit and have people literally just fill out their name and what service they're going to go to and what email address they're going to go to. Or you can say, do you have any questions about our Easter? services just with a contact form there. But either way, if you put a contact form directly in front of people and they actually just happen to have a question based on something they read on your webpage, they're not going to go clicking around to try to find a contact button or an email address. They just want to be told, hey, if you have a question, fill it out right here, right now on this page. Now, again, conversion rates are probably going to be pretty low, but what would happen if two What would happen if three people filled out this contact form? They gave you their name and their email address. What does that mean? (laughs) That means you can be prepared to say hi to them, but you can also be prepared to follow up with them after Easter is all said and done. Because if someone's willing to make themselves known, that means that they are willing to be reached out to as well. So as you go into the Easter Easter weekend um, here in the next, what was it, 33 days into Easter, I hope your website is going to be ready to go. And if you follow these eight little, not, not follow these eight things, but if you have these eight things on your website, you can guarantee to have a greater, just uh, a greater result greater follow-up, greater follow-through. But either way, you'll be more prepared for people who are curious and are interested in potentially walking to your service, putting everything in their hands that they need to know, and that way they are prepared to walk in on Easter. And again, the first thing that needs to be on your Easter Easter website page is a picture of the Easter graphic. Number two in the H1 header, say Easter in your city at your church. Number three is just a video of the pastor just welcoming people and telling them what to expect. Number four is pictures of the previous Easter weekends at your church or just of the church people and you just scatter it on the webpage so that way people, again, like what we talked about, they don't want to just be told what to expect. They want to be able to see and then be able to make a decision of what they can expect based on what they see. Number five is the service times for each of the services of Holy Week, and then also just what your typical Sunday morning worship service time is for the weeks following. Number six is answer any questions that they may have and have a specific specific FAQ section. I like accordions, doesn't have to be, but that's just my favorite thing to do on a website for an FAQ section. Number seven is what sermon series is coming out of the Easter weekend worship service and not just what the service or what the sermon series is, but also have the graphic ready to go so that people can also visually see what the next sermon series is going to be and tell them all about it. Hey, bonus points, have a video of you talking about what the next sermon series is going to be. That'd be super cool as well. And number eight and last is the contact form. So that way people can contact you to either just register or plan their visit or ask any questions that they have about your church Easter services. 
So that's it. If you follow these eight steps and put these eight various sections on your webpage, you can guarantee that not that you'll get people to your Easter page, but if they do get to your Easter page, they are ready to walk in to your church for the Easter season. You know, I say this all the time. I said at the front of the episode, I'm going to say it at the back. If this entire podcast has been an encouragement to you or come alongside you in any way, shape, or form, I would love to connect with you. Just like always, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can use either one of those to leave a rating. Uh, You can leave a review on Apple, but not on Spotify. But I'd love for you to leave me a rating or a rating and review. Or honestly, just reach out to me over on social media. My social media handles are all literally T. Mark Hyde, Mark with a C, at T Mark Hyde is all my social media channels. Shoot me an email at hello at markhyde.com. I would love to answer any questions that you have, just not even just about Easter or church media, but literally just if you have to just kind of chew through a couple things, like, hey, I'm trying to think through this. I don't really know what the next steps are. I would love to be able to come alongside you and just answer any questions that you have as well. So don't hesitate to reach out. Let's keep the conversation going. I hope you learn a couple new things today. And after you use these and implement them, come back and tell me how they worked and how it went. Or if you need to, or not you, but if I (laughs) need to add in anything that maybe you did differently than what I said and that it worked and paid off for you. I would love to hear about that. Again, if you don't have an Easter graphic, go to smallchurch.media, click the tab for free Easter graphics in the menu and download either one of those or both those Easter graphics for free right now. I enjoy hanging out with you guys every single week. Thanks for hanging out with me again today. But until next time, guys, take it easy and we'll see you later. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.